Section 51 of The Dream of the Red Chamber, Book 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Yu Qing in Singapore. The Dream of the Red Chamber, Book 2 by Cao Xueqing. Translated by Henry Bancroft's Jolly. Chapter 50, Part 2. The perusal are over. They spend some time in heaping smiling the while eulogisms upon the compositions and they painted at the last stanza as the best of the lot which made it evident to pao yu that pao qing albeit the youngest in years was on the other hand the quickest in wits tai yu and xiang yun then filled up the small cup with wine and simultaneously offered their congratulations to pao qing each of the three stanzas has its beauty pao chan remarked a smile playing round her lips you two have a daily made fool of me, and are you now going to fool her also? Have you got yours ready? Li Wan went on to inquire of Pao Yu. I'd got them, Pao Yu promptly answered, but the moment I read their three stanzas, I once more became so nervous that they quite slipped from my mind. But let me think again. Sighing at this reply, fetched a cock-a-poker, and, while beating on the hamster, she laughingly said, I shall go on tattooing. Now, mind if, when the drumming ceases, you haven't accomplished your task, you'll have to bear another fine. I've already got them, Bobby rejoined smilingly. Dayu then picked up a pencil. Recite them, she smiled, and I'll write them down. Samian beat one stroke on the stove. The first tattoo is over, she laughed. I'm ready, Bobby smiled. Go on writing. At this, they heard him recite. The wine bottle is not opened. The line is not put into shape. Dayu noted it down, and shaking her head, They begin very smoothly, she said as she smiled. Be quick, Samuel again urged. Bao laughingly continued. To fairyland I speed to seek for spring, and the twelfth moon to find. Dayu and Samuel both nodded. It's rather good, they smiled. Bao resumed, saying, I will not beg the high god for a bottle of the healing dew, but pray Shuangge to give me some plum bloom beyond the rails. Dao jotted the lines down and wagged her head to and fro. They're ingenious, that's all, she observed. Samin gave another rap with her hand. Bao thereupon smilingly added, I come into the world, and, in the cold, I pick out some red snow. I leave the dusty sphere and speed to pluck the fragrant purple clouds. I bring a jagged branch, but who in pity sings my shoulders thin? On my clothes still stick the moth from your Buddhist pot. As soon as Dao had done writing, Samin and the rest of the company began to discuss the merits of the verses, but they then saw several servant-maids rush in, shouting, Our venerable mistress has come. One and all hurried out with all dispatch to meet her. How comes it that she is in such good cheer? Everyone also laughed. Speaking the while, they discerned, at a great distance, the grandmother Jia seated, enveloped in a capacious wrapper, and rolled up in a warm hood lined with squirrel fur in a small bamboo sedan chair with an open green silk glazed umbrella in her hand. Yuan Yang, Hu Po, and some other girls 
mustering in all five or six held each an umbrella and pressed round the chair as they advanced the yuan and her companions went up to them with hasty step but dowager lady jia directed the servants to make them stop explaining that it would be quite enough if they stood where they were on her approach old lady jia smiled i've given she observed your madame wang and that girl feng the slip and come what deep snow covers the ground for me i'm seated in these so it doesn't matter but you mustn't let those ladies trudge in the snow the various followers rushed forward to take a wrapper and support her and as they did so they expressed their acquiescence as soon as she got indoors old lady doubt was the first to exclaim with a beaming face what beautiful plum blossom you well know how to make merry but i too won't let you off but in the course of her remarks the yuan quickly gave orders to a domestic to fetch a large wolfskin rug and to spread it in the centre so dowager lady down made herself comfortable on it let's go on as before with the romping and choking drinking and eating she then laughed as the days are so short i do not venture to have a midday siesta after therefore playing at dominoes for a time i bethought myself of you people and likewise came to join the fun the one soon also presented her a hand stove while tantrum brought an extra set of cups and chopsticks and filling with her own hands a cup with warm wine she handed it to her grandmother jia old lady jia swallows a sip what's there in that dish she afterwards inquired the various inmates hurriedly carried it over to her and explained that they were pickled quails these won't hurt me dowager lady jia said so cut off a piece of the leg and give it to me yes promptly acquiesced li wan and asking for water she washed her hands and then came in person to carve the quail sit down again dowager lady jia said pressing them and go on with your chatting and laughing let me hear you and feel happy just you also sit yourself continuing she remarked to li wan and behave as if i were not here if you do so well and good otherwise i shall take myself off at once but it was only when they heard how persistent she was in her solicitations that they all resumed the seats which accorded with their age with the exception of the one who moved to the furthest side what were you playing at old lady jia thereupon asked we were writing verses answered the whole party wouldn't it be well for those who are up to poetry dowager lady jia suggested to devise a few puns for lanterns so that the whole lot of us should be able to have some fun in the first moon with one voice they expressed their approval but after they had jested for a little time it's damp in here old lady jia said so don't you sit long for mind you it might be catching cold whereas nice and warm is in your cousin quarters over there so let's all go and see how she is getting on with her painting and whether it will be ready or not by the end of the year how could it be completed by the close of the year they smiled she should only we fancy get it ready by the dragon boat festival next year this is dreadful old lady jack exclaimed why she has really wasted more labour on it than would have been actually required to lay out this garden with these words still on her lips she ensconced herself again in the bamboo sedan 
and closed in or followed by the whole company she repaired to the lotus fragrance arbour where they got into a narrow passage flanked on the east as well as the west with doors from which they could cross the street over these doorways on the inside as well as outside were inserted alike tablets made of stone the door they went in by on this occasion lay on the west on the tablet facing outwards were cut out the two words representing penetrating into the clouds on that inside were engraved the two characters meaning crossing the moon on their arrival at the hall they walked in by the main entrance which looked towards the south dowager lydia then alighted from her chair Sichuan had already made her appearance out of doors to welcome her so taking the inner cup of the passage they passed over to the other side and reached Sichuan's bedroom on the doorposts of which figured the three words warm fragrance eye several servants were at once at hand and no sooner had they raised the red woollen portiere than a soft fragrance wafted itself into their faces the various inmates stepped into the room old lady Jia, however did not take a seat but simply inquired where the painting was the weather is so bitterly cold Sichuan consequently explained smiling that the glue whose property is mainly to coagulate cannot be moistened so i feared that were i to have gone on with the painting it wouldn't be worth looking at and i thereupon put it away i must have it by the close of the year dowager lydia laughed so don't idle your time away produce it at once and go on painting for me as quick as you can but scarcely had she concluded her remark than she unexpectedly perceived lady feng arrive smirking and laughing with her purple pelisse lined with deer fur thrown over her shoulders venerable senior she shouted you don't even so much as let anyone know today but sneak over stealthily i've had a good hunt for you when old lady Jia saw her join them she felt filled with delight i was afraid she rejoined that you'd be feeling cold that's why i didn't allow anyone to tell you it was really a shock of spirits to have at last been able to trace my whereabouts but according to strict etiquette i shouldn't show filial piety to such a degree it is out of any idea of filial piety that i came after you not at all lady feng added with a laugh but when i got to your place worthy senior i found everything so quiet that not even the call of a crow could be heard and when i asked the young maids where you'd gone they wouldn't let me come and search in the garden so i began to give way to surmises suddenly also arrived two or three nuns and then at length i jumped at the conclusion that these women must have come to bring their yearly prayers or to ask for their annual or incense allowance and that with the amount of things you also venerable ancestor have to do for the end of the year you had for certain got out of the way of your debts speedily therefore i inquired of the nuns what it was that brought them there and for a fact there was no mistake in my surmises so promptly issuing the annual allowances to them i now come to report to you worthy senior that your creditors have gone and that there's no need for you to skulk away but i've had some tender pleasant prepared so please come and have your evening meal for if you delay any longer it'll get quite stale as she spoke everybody burst out laughing 
but lady feng did not allow any time to dowager lady Xia to pass any observations but forthwith directed the servants to bring the chair over old lady Xia then smilingly laid hold of lady feng's hand and got again into her chair but she took along with her the whole company of relatives for a chat and a laugh upon issuing out of the gate on the east side of the narrow passage the four quarters presented to their gaze the appearance of being adorned with powder and inlaid with silver unawares the court side of baoqing in a duck down cloak waiting at a distance at the back of the hill slope while behind her stood a maid holding a vase full of red plum blossoms strange enough they all exclaimed laughingly two of us were missing but she's waiting over there she's also been after some plum blossom just look bowed lady Jia eagerly cried out joyfully that human creature has been put there to match with the snow-covered hill but with that costume and the plum blossom at the back of her to what does she bear a resemblance she resembles one and all smiled xiu shi zhou's beautiful snow picture suspended in your apartments venerable ancestor is there in that picture any such costume old lady jia demurred nodding her head and smiling what's more the persons represented in it could never be so pretty hardly had this remark dropped from her mouth than she discerned someone else clad in a deep red woollen cloak appeared to view at the back of baoqing what other girl is that dowager lady jia asked we girls are all here they laughingly answered that's pao yu my eyes old lady jia smiled are getting dimmer and dimmer so saying they drew near and of course they turned out to be pao yu and baoqing i've just been again to the longtui monastery pao yu smiled to pao chai Yu and his other cousins and miao yu gave me for each of you a twig of plum blossom i've already sent a servant to take them over many thanks for the trouble you've been put to they with one voice replied but speaking the while they sallied out of the garden gate and repaired to their grandmother jia's suite of apartments the meal over they joined in a further chat and laugh when unexpectedly they saw mrs xue also arrive with all this snow she observed i haven't been over the whole day to see how you venerable and senior were getting on your ladyship couldn't have been in a good sort of mood to-day for you should have gone and seen the snow how not in a good mood old lady Jia exclaimed i went and looked up these young ladies and had a romp with them for a time last night mrs Shear smiled I was thinking of getting from our Madame Wan today the loan of the garden for the nonsense spreading two tables with our mean wine and inviting you, worthy senior, to enjoy the snow. But as I saw that you were having a rest, and I heard, at an early hour, that Pao Yu had said that you were not in a joyful frame of mind, I did not, in consequence, presume to come and disturb you today. But had I known sooner the real state of affairs, I would have felt it my bounden duty to have asked you round this is rejoined dowager lady Jia with a smile only the first fall of snow in the tenth moon we'll have after this plenty of snowy days so there will be ample time to put your ladyship to wasteful expense verily in that case 
Mrs. Xuan laughingly added, my filial intentions may well be looked upon as having been accomplished. Mrs. Xu interposed Lady Feng, smiling. Mind you don't forget it, but you might as well weigh fifty tails this very moment and hand them over to me to keep until the first fall of snow when I can get everything ready for the banquet. In this way, you will neither have anything to bother you, aunt, nor will you have a chance of forgetting. Well, since that be so, old lady Dad remarked with a laugh, your ladyship had better give her fifty tails, and I'll share it with her, each one of us taking twenty-five tails, and on any day it might snow, I'll pretend I don't feel in proper trim and let it slip by. You'll have thus still less occasion to trouble yourself, and I and Lady Feng will reap a substantial benefit. Lady Feng clapped her hands. An excellent idea, she laughed. This quite falls in with my views. The whole company were much amused. Pshaw, Dowager Lady Jia laughingly ejaculated. You bare-faced thing. You're like a snake, which avails itself of the rod with which it is being beaten, to crawl up and do harm. You don't try to convince us that it properly dissolves upon us, as Mrs. Xue is our guest, and receives such poor treatment in our household, to invite her. For with what right could we subject her ladyship to any reckless outlay? But you have the impudence of impressing upon our minds to insist upon the payment, in advance of fifty tales. Are you really not thoroughly ashamed of yourself? Oh, worthy senior, Lady Feng laughed, you're most sharp-sighted. You're trying to see whether Mrs. Shear will be soft enough to produce fifty tales for you to share with me. But fancying now that it is of no avail, you turn round and begin to rate me by coming out with all these grand words. I won't, however, take any money from you, Mrs. Shear. I'll, in fact, contribute some on your ladyship's account. And when I get the banquet ready and invite you, venerable ancestor, to come and partake of it. I'll also wrap fifty tails in a piece of paper, and dutifully present them to you, as a penalty for my officious interference in matters that don't discern me. Will this be all right or not? Before these words were brought to a close, the various inmates were so convulsed with hearty laughter that they reeled over on the stove couch. Dowager Lady Dad then went on to explain how much nicer about him was plucking plum blossom in the snow than the very picture itself, and she next minutely inquired what the year, moon, day and hour of her birth were, and how things were getting on in her home. Mrs. Shui conjectured that the object she had in mind was, in all probability, to seek a partner for her. In the secret recesses of her heart, Mrs. Shui, on this account, fell in also with her views. Barton had, however, already been promised in marriage to the May family, but as Dowager Lady Zia had made, as yet, no open allusion to her intentions. Mrs. Xue did not think it nice on her part to come out with any definite statement, and she accordingly observed to old Lady Zia in a vague sort of way, What a pity it is that this girl should have had so little good fortune as to lose her father the year before last. But ever since her youth up, she has seen much of the world, for she has been with her parents to every place of note. Her father was a man fond of pleasure, and as he had business in every direction, he took his family along with him. After tarrying in this province for a whole year, he would next year again go to that province and spend half a year roaming about it everywhere. 
hence it is that he had visited five or six tenths of the whole empire the other year when they were here he engaged her to the son of the mei hanling but as it happened her father died of the year after and here is her mother too now ailing from a superfluity of phlegm lady feng gave her no time to complete what she meant to say hey she exclaimed stamping her foot what you say isn't opportune i was about to act as a go-between but is she too already engaged for whom did you mean to act as a go-between old lady jia smiled my dear ancestor lady feng remarked don't concern yourself about it i had determined in my mind that those two would make a suitable match but as she has now long ago been promised to someone it would be of no use were i even to speak out isn't it better that i should hold my peace and drop the whole thing dowager lady jia herself was cognizant of lady feng's purpose so upon hearing that she already had a suitor she at once desisted from making any further reference to the subject the whole company then continued another chat on the irrelevant matters for a time after which they broke up nothing of interest transpired the whole night the next day the snowy weather had cleared up after breakfast her grandmother jia again pressed Chun. you should go on she said with your painting irrespective of cold or heat if you can't absolutely finish it by the end of the year it won't much matter the main thing is that you must at once introduce in it qing er and the maid with a plum blossom as we saw them yesterday in strict accordance with the original and without the least discrepancy of so much as a stroke xi chen listened to her and felt it her duty to signify her assent in spite of the task being no easy one for her to execute after a time a number of her relatives came in a body to watch the progress of the painting they discovered children plunged in a reverie let's leave her alone niuan smilingly observed to them all to proceed with her meditations we can meanwhile have a chat among ourselves yesterday our worthy senior bade us devise a few lantern conundrums so when we got home i and Sir and wang er did not turn in but set to work I composed a couple on the four books, but those two girls also managed to put together another pair of them. We should hear what they are like, they laughingly exclaimed in chorus when they heard what they had done. Tell them to us first, and let's have a guess. The goddess of mercy had not been handed down by any ancestors. Li Xie smiled. This refers to a passage in the four books. In one's conduct, one must press towards the highest benevolence. Samin quickly interposed, taking up the thread of the conversation. You should ponder over the meaning of the three words implying, handed down by ancestors. Baochai smiled, before you venture a guess. Think again, Yuan urged with a smile. I've guessed it, Yu smiled. It's, if notwithstanding all that benevolence, there be no outward visible sign that's the line one and all unanimously exclaimed with a laugh the whole pond is covered with rush now find the name of the rush the one proceeded this must certainly be the cat-tailed rush hastily again replied xiang ming can this not be right you've succeeded in guessing it 
Li Wen smiled. Li Wen's is cold runs the stream along the stones, bearing on the name of a man of old. Can this be Shen Tao? Tan Chuan smilingly asked. It is, answered Li Wen. Qi Er is the character Ying, Lei Wen. It refers to a single word, Li Wen resumed. The party endeavoured for a long time to hit upon the solution. The meaning of this is certainly deep, Baqing put in. I wonder whether it is the character Hua, flower, in the combination Hua Cao, vegetation. That's just it, Li Qi smiled. What has a glowworm to do with flowers? One and all observed. It's capital, Larry ventured with a smile. Isn't a glowworm transformed from plants? The company grasped the sense, and laughing the while, they with one consent shouted out, "Splendid!" All these are, I admit, good, Bartan remarks, but they won't suit our venerable senior's taste. Want it to be better, therefore, to compose a few on some simple objects, some which all of us, whether polished or unpolished, may be able to enjoy. Yes. They all replied, "We should also think of some simple ones or ordinary objects." I've devised one on the Dianjiang transmitter," Xiaoming pursued after some reflection, "but it's really on an ordinary object, so try and guess it." Saying this, she forthwith went on to recite, "The creeks and valleys it leaves, traveling the world it performs. In truth, how funny it is." But renown and gain are still vain. Ever had behind it is its fate, a conundrum. None of those present could fathom what it could be. After protracted thought, some made a guess by saying it was bonds. Others maintained that it was a Taoist priest. Others again divined that it was a marionette. All your guesses are wrong, Bao Yu chimed in. After considerable reflection, I've got it. It must, for a certainty, be a performing monkey. That's really it. Chiming laughed. The first part is all right. The party observed. But how do you explain the last line? What performing monkey? Chiming asked. Has not had its tail cut off. Hearing this, they exploded into a fit of merriment. Even they argued, the very riddles she improvises. Are perverse and strange. Mrs. Xuan mentioned yesterday that you, cousin Qing, have seen much of the world. Li Wan put in, and that you had also gone about a good deal. It's for you, therefore, to try your hand at a few conundrums. What's more, your poetry too is good. So why shouldn't you indite a few for us to guess? Bao Qing, at this proposal, nodded her head. And while repressing a smile, she went off by herself to give way to thought. Bao Shai then also gave out this riddle: Carved sandal and cut cedar rise layer upon layer. Have they been piled and fashioned by workmen of skill? In the mid heavens, it's true, both wind and rain fleet by, but can one hear the tingling of the Buddhist bell? While they were giving their mind to guessing what it could be, Bao Yu too recited, "Both from the heavens and from the earth, is indistinct to view." What time the Langan feast goes past, then mind you take great care.
when the Luan's notes you catch and the crane's message, thou'lt look up. It is a splendid thing to turn and breathe towards the vault of heaven. Dai Yu next added, Why need a famous steed be a with riddle ever restrained? Though the city it speeds, the moat it skirts, how fierce it looks. The master gives the word, and wind and clouds begin to move. On the fishbacks and the three isles it only makes a name. Tan Chun had also one that she felt disposed to tell them, which just as she was about to open her lips, Bao Chin walked up to them. The relics of various places I've seen since my youth, she smiled, are not few, so I have now selected ten places of historic interest on which I have composed ten olds treating of antiquities. The verses may possibly be coarse, but they bear upon things of the past and secretly refer as well to ten commonplace articles. So, cousins, please try and guess them. This is ingenious, they exclaimed in chorus when they heard the result of their labour. Why not write them out and let us have a look at them? But reader, peruse the next chapter if you want to learn what follows. End of section 51 Recording by Yu Qing in Singapore